Hello and welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast, episode 99. Ooh, it's so exciting. It's we're, very, on, we're on the brink. It's very Canadian, 99. Oh, the great. The great the one. The great one. Yeah. That's a hockey reference for That's anyone who doesn't reference. know. Yeah, of course you do. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what 99 means in Canada. <laughs> I don't care how old you are. It's something special. I even knew what it meant. Yeah. All right. So um, welcome in. Thanks for taking uh, your time out of the your busy day to listen to us uh, jabber on some real estate data. Mm-hmm. Got some good information here for you. I thought we'd do a little market update um, and a conditional update on what's going on in the Kamloops and local markets. Um, let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Uh, sales are up. I uh, got some stats here out of the month of May. Mm-hmm. Sales are up 37% over, over last month. I didn't really dive too deep. In. Over last month? Yeah. Really? Sales are up. There's wow. 191 sales last month and we're at 263 for the month of May. Wow. So, wow. So May over April. May over April. Yep. That's something. And usually both those months are busy, but I think we had a late start to the spring, but we're definitely hopping right now. It feels like it. The market is definitely hopping. Mm. Um, More representatives in the market too, as well. We got a couple more than we did uh, last month. So realtors are still trickling in. (laughs) (laughs) Flocking to the Kamloops market. How How many realtors are we at now? Agent. 374 representatives. Okay. And I'll asterisk that because that does include um, a handful of inspectors and appraisers who are also uh, associate members. But whatever. I couldn't tell you the exact number, but it's deep into 330 <laughs> or 40 probably. Yeah. And growing all the time. Growing all the time. Interesting. So um, there was $174 million dollars of real estate transactions in the month of May. Wow. Accounts for a lot of property transfer tax. Oh, gosh. Does it ever? Man, Trudeau's probably just loving when the market gets hopping. <laughs> Time for a raise. <laughs> Don't get too political. <laughs> <laughs> um, median house price is down. It's at $700,000. And I'll give you some of my thoughts on that. Last month, we had a significant amount of sales in the 500 to 599 range. Sorry, I'm t- this month we had a significant number of sales in the 500 to 599 range, which are probably like townhouses. Um, of course, those numbers don't include condos or mobiles, but it, it does half duplexes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, that weighs in weighs in on the uh, stat there. But um, numbers are are definitely up, definitely definitely up. Wow. Okay. I did some research. Because we're starting to hear about multiple offers again, and that just seems to be a thing uh, in spring markets when when it feels like nobody can get a hands on a property. Mm-hmm. We start to see those um, multiple offers and, and the bids start to come in. 
25% of the sales in the month of May went into multiple offers. And I will, I will define how I come up with that stat okay. because it's, it's not a perfect stat. And it's not like a category. You can't just look that up. You, no. You had to math, math it out. I had to math it out. Yeah. So where that stat comes from is I, I look at all the sales and I basically just conclude that anything that went over asking uh, in a short time frame was in a multiple offer. That's not 100% uh, accurate, but I, I would imagine that that percentage wouldn't be off by very much. It's like a, a safe assumption. It's a safe estimate. Um, interestingly enough, when I looked at the category of over a million dollar uh, sales in Kamloops, 16% of them were in multiple offers. Oh. So it's a significant amount. Um, it does feel like things are getting a little hairy. I didn't see any crazy major $100,000 over asking situations. That's good. I did see a few 50 and 60s and um, yeah, that's unfortunate. I like to see them when they're just five and 10. So it feels like we're more stable because every time we get unstable, there's always like a negative outcome at the end of the market, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, that's that's what's going on. We also had an overnight rate boost last night or yesterday, sorry. 25 uh, basis points, the Bank of Canada announced that they're raising interest rates, so overnight rate went up. Um, that, that's a reflection of what's going on in our market. Like We see that as, as the uh, interest rate goes up with the CPI index going up as well. Um, I did read that um, for the first time in 10 months, inflation went up. Uh-huh. So we were happily moving down towards the goal of a 2% CPI and we're sitting at 4.4%. I don't know how much it went up, but it did tick up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in the month of May. So uh, tightening the grip. Yeah. Monetary policy taking effect. <clears throat> um, a quarter of a basis point. That that might be enough to send a signal to markets to cool down. Um, I sure hope it doesn't send us into an, another, you know, a situation where we're, we get up over 5% for the overnight rate. That would suck. That, yep. It's a hard one to swallow. Oh, fingers crossed then. Yeah. Anyways. It, then it hasn't been, it hasn't been raised in months and months. No, right? we've had a, we've had a, a good mm-hmm. run where it's been steady. Yeah. Which is, I think why the market is picked up. Yeah. People are con- like a confidence. The or confidence a- level is there and mm-hmm. people are assuming that the rates aren't going to go up. So they now can go out and look for a property to, to purchase. Interesting. Um, yeah. <sighs> That's your update from Market Watch here in Kamloops. Good stats. Thanks, Parker. Another thing I noticed this morning on my little jaunt with my little puppy chihuahua. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's not a chihuahua. <laughs> no, she's not a chihuahua. Brittany Spaniel. Um, taking, her, taking my dog for a walk this morning, I did notice my nasal picked up on the, the <laughs> smell of... Fire in the air. Your olfactories <laughs> are your senses, your My nose senses. senses. Okay. So, and it's funny how we're attuned now to sense even just the tiniest bit of that like acrid smoke smell of wildfire. It was different at my house. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like where I see the sky here, I look towards Mount Paul, I see clear blue sky. Where I live up and towards Aaron Valley, that sky was hazy. Ugh. You could see it with the, the trees, you know, like the... The yeah. mountain ranges of the trees and they look shady and then they get shadier and they look grayer in yep. the distance. Yeah. So it was like... What fire do you think that is? I don't know. There's there's not really any fires super threatening the Kamloops, like the close okay. to Kamloops market. Um, there's a couple fires in Wells Gray area. There was one south uh, west of Kelowna. Mm-hmm. There's 33 hectares or something like that. 
Um, there's one new one off Boston Bar. It's like not even rated yet as oh, far gosh. as a size range, but um, it doesn't seem super threatening. But it does feel like we're we're any day from, you know, from like the fires that are going on in the East Coast right now are insane. Yeah, have, I, I don't know if you've seen the photos of New York, but it is they're catching all of that smoke from the Quebec fires. Yeah. And it's, Pretty, yeah, apocalyptic. Sort of like on our, our worst days here in Kamloops is what New York is experiencing now. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, grim. Yeah, it's I'm, early. Feels early for oh, this. Oh, it is really early. Yeah, yeah. Super early. Yeah. Although it's weird because Kamloops is still green. It is. It's drying out rapidly. Yeah. But it is green. Like the Mount Paul, you know, when you look at the mm-hmm. Mount Peter and Paul, you still see a little bit of green in there. There's, it's not deathly yellow yet. No, it doesn't have that burnt look. But we're weeks look. away. I know. And in speaking of the Kamloops region, campfire ban came into effect this morning. Right. Which is Thursday, the June 8th is today. But like that's early for a campfire ban. Are you bummed out? Are you going camping? I'm going camping in a couple of weeks. So that's too bad. But like I understand why. And it's for the greater good. And we'll, we'll make do. But... I guess the only upside is that all of my clothes won't smell like campfire smoke when I come back. Or you hope. (laughs) I hope. Might not come from your actual campfire, (laughs) but it could come from Quebecois. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, you always have that camp smell, eh? Mm -hmm. When you come back, when you have a campfire. I like it. So speaking of fires, Mm -hmm. um, it it is the time of season where we start to see uh, issues with getting insurance. Uh, I know we've had a little dabble of insurance issues with regards to flooding uh, this year, but that seems to have stabilized a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cash Creek had some water issues. Oh, uh, I'm sure there's been others, but Cash Creek was a bad one. It, it washed a bunch of the um, of their roads and basically on the south end of town. If you drive through Cash Creek, you can see the south end of the town has just been washed. Oh man, there's dirt everywhere, sandbags everywhere. Um. So now as we get into fire season uh, with real estate transactions, we start to stress about whether or not they're going to complete. So usually a condition that we put in play on a a purchase offer is is a condition to getting approval for insurance, uh, satisfactory rates, and terms of the insurance that you're going to be putting in place on your property that you're purchasing. Mm -hmm. So that usually identifies like issues with mechanical issues. And if you got an old hot water tank, you know, that usually trips that wire if there's like plumbing materials or an old furnace or oil tanks or like oil, old stuff on your property that will trip that wire. But moving into fire season, you start to get this where they won't bound or bind, I should say, they won't bind an insurance policy. So when, when you're at the lawyers signing your um, mortgage approval and you're putting that mortgage onto the title and you're getting ready to transfer title into, into your property, the, the mortgage company typically has a, a set of conditions. Mm-hmm. So even though you're approved for your financing, it's always conditional. Right. There's always conditions. And that's why the, the mortgage company rarely says you're approved for financing because they say you're approved based on these nine things. And you have to be comfortable with those things to give that, that thumbs up to your real estate agent that you're ready to remove that condition. Okay. One of those terms is that you're going to get adequate insurance for for fire, flood, whatever the whatever that condition may look like. But mm-hmm. it's typically you need to have insurance on your property for the funds to be released to the lawyer to complete the transaction. Right. 
which a lot of people leave to the last minute. They they think they've been approved for it and they're just, you know, the days before completion, it just pops into their mind that they need to get insurance in place on their property. But if you can't get insurance, you can't complete. And so the problem is, is that that money is usually dominoed down the the, the game board of real estate. <laughs> right. And it could end up, you know, like it can end up in like 15 or 20 transactions getting getting all caught up and tangled. Right. I see what you mean. Like if the next person is subject to selling yeah. that property, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we see this from time to time and it seems to be more common now than ever. But uh, last year we slid through the cracks. We didn't really have major, major issues last year. But the year prior to that, we had all kinds of disaster. Yeah. So you're getting conditions uh, being removed, um, meaning that your firm sale, uh, but then prior to completion, you can't get insurance, which holds the money, holds the funds, and then you're not completing, which makes the next transaction not complete, which makes the next transaction not complete. And if you think about it, let's say the next transaction in your, the, 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 the place that you're buying, that guy's moving to um, Hawaii. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pick somewhere that... <laughs> Somewhere tropical and nice and, <laughs> yeah. and maybe not sitting in a fire threat. Th- that transaction gets delayed. Right. It doesn't make sense to them because they're not in a fire situation. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's even just like they're buying on the island or something like that. And, right. And it's just not aware that that's a problem in that particular market. And you get a whole bunch of transactions that get bound up there. So, so what is there to be done? What does one do heading into this season? Um, you sprinkle lots of water on random trees when you drive by them on the road. That's one start. I don't know if that's effective or not, but as a real estate agent, lots of times we'll, we'll put, uh, a term into place, which is like a fire flood. And this term gets blown out of proportion. I've read some of these before where they get so disaster orientated, meaning like what the, con- what the term is, is it's an extension if insurance is not available upon completion. Simple, simple way of, of understanding it is that if insurance is not available upon completion for the reasons being fire, flood, or natural disaster, this is where it gets crazy, where people start putting in hurricanes or acts of God or COVID-19 or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if that's not in play, then mutually the buyer and seller agree to start making some extensions in in small 15-day, 7-day, 30-day increments. Mm -hmm. And then the minute that insurance is available, then the money is released and we're having to complete within a week. Okay. So that is a term that you'll see in a lot of contracts and we typically don't write it in the contract in November. But now you're going to see this in in a lot of real estate transactions to protect buyers from sellers from actually getting into a point where they're going to sue each other because their transaction can't complete because you couldn't get insurance because you're moving into a fire-torn area, Mm. whereas they're moving into somewhere maybe not fire-threatening. And so the seller of that transaction doesn't care too much about your problem about not getting money. Right. That makes sense. You know, but like, I think this, hopefully this isn't too much of a basic question, but what would another 15 days give an insurer, an insurance company to, is it just that they're busy right now or is it like, no. oh, there's an active fire within 30 kilometers or yeah, like how? So each underwriter has their own tolerance level of how far away a fire can be from your house in order to allow insurance to be put in place. Right. So they just don't want to give you insurance 
Like, period. Period. Until there's no threat. Okay, so they are waiting for, like, a potential fire in that proximity to be dealt with. To be called out of, uh, oh, to geez. be called under, in, control. under control. Right. Yeah. There's contained or Contained or three, there's a couple terms that they use. Out of control is not good. Um, like, there's, like, a maintaining line, you know, like, where they're, it's stable, but it's not growing, but yet it's not out. Yeah. When the fire is completely out, you get a green dot on the BC Gov website. That's the website that the insurance companies are going to use. Okay. So the accuracy of that website plays a major factor in whether or not you're going to get in your insurance. Yeah. And sometimes that website is delayed mm-hmm. because fires don't get checked on. Right. Because there's might be hundreds going on there, at the same time. Yeah. In, in 2017 yeah. and 2020, the, the, the years where we've had major fires... There has been times where there's so many fires on the go that they don't get checked every day, even right. when they're considered to be non-threatening. They might still have a, an amber-colored circle, which does not tell the insurance companies that that fire is completely out right. of threat. Oh, man. Well, bless the fire center people who work <laughs> tirelessly to yeah. keep us all safe. But amazing the implication that that work has on something like buying and selling a home totally uh, 50 kilometers away. Which and I the think toler- is the range, 50K or something? The tolerance is all over the map. Yeah. Sometimes when fires are at large, you might see the tolerance shrink or grow depending on the tolerance of that underwriter. I see. And TD was known a couple of years ago for taking a little more risk and insuring properties that were a little closer to fire-threatening areas. Okay. Um, and they gobbled up a bunch of market. I think every realtor was referring to TD when it comes time to insure your property. Yeah. Um, there was an asterisk to that. I remember a lot of online approvals happening hmm. and there was like a box where it said, you have to tick this box is a fire threatening oh, your oh property boy. immediately. And if you didn't tick it, you got an approval for insurance, but, <laughs> but is it, the it truth? wasn't really going right. to be insured. Right. But you but were getting an approval. So that meant that your, your transaction would was meet your through. conditions requirement on your yeah. contract. Oh God. Yeah, loophole. So, so spooky that you're basically giving the risk assessment to the buyer. <laughs> and and later, maybe they wouldn't insure you. Mm. So, but that it is healthy to note that that was an option. Yeah, I suppose. Some people were taking their own risk assessment into, into their own hands. Yeah. Which... Getting her done. It is what it is. I suppose that's true. Yeah. When I moved to Kamloops in 2003, or actually when I bought a home, home in 2003... I couldn't get insurance. Oh, because oh. that was the major fires. Yeah, um, one of the first big ones that ever. Yeah. in my lifetime, that was the first major huge one that was threatening so close. the city. Yeah. In, in, in every way. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up getting an insurance, getting insurance from an underwriter from Japan. <laughs> it was a Japanese company that my mortgage broker had referred to. They found somebody oh that was God. underwriting places that were a little more less risky yeah. inside of fire risk torn areas. Okay. Yeah, they insured me. I don't know how that ever happened, but they insured, and then I renewed with them for, you know, 15 years because they were just, they were willing to take a chance in old PB's house. (laughs) I was was willing to show my gratitude. Wow, that's a creative mortgage broker scrambling to find you an option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, if you're buying or selling, this is the this is the situation that you're in for this uh, current market, and mm-hmm. um, be aware. You, be aware. This is a discussion that realtors are having every day moving forward. I had the discussion this morning with another agent on a deal that's completing tomorrow here locally, and with our clients now, right? with with clients. Yeah, 
So another healthy top 10 tidbit, uh, you can bind your insurance 30 days out from completion. Oh, so don't wait. Do not wait. Oh, that's a great tip. Pay for your insurance as soon as humanly possible. Typically, if it's 32 days out, you can't do it. But 30 days out, typically they'll bind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can then be secure to know that at least 30 days out from actually moving, that you're going to move and it's, right. the transaction's going to complete. Okay. That is so a great tip. That is a hot tip for you right here on the Campus Real Estate Insider Podcast where wow. all your tips <laughs> for selling and buying and... <laughs> Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. Get them while they're hot. Get them while they're not too hot. Not fiery <laughs> okay, hot. Wait, wait, wait. You're right. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got for you today. Um, appreciate you tuning in to the Chemist Wizard Insider. We have a great podcast with a couple of, um, well, one regular. <laughs> Lisa Mooney. Lisa Mooney will be on the podcast next week. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Reed from uh, Remax, also a guest on the podcast for the episode 100. 100. Where we're going to be airing out, airing it out, <laughs> realtor's perspective. We're going to be airing out some interesting topics. Yeah. Having a, a good discussion. A couple of candid opinions. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little view from the inside. There. It'll be fun. Totally. Tune, Tune in. in. Are you coming? I'll be there. Oh, you will. <laughs> I was there. Mally J's in the house. <laughs> we actually pre recorded it. <laughs> we'll bring it out to you in a couple of days. That's true. Okay. Take care, Hamlips. Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater. <laughs>